0: Hey friends, welcome to Self-Care and Soul Care for the Caregiver. I am Lauren Crow, one of your co-hosts, and today I am joined by a special guest, my husband, Barack. We are going to be talking about marriage and disability parenting. This is episode 87 and we are recording and releasing it on the week of Valentine's and so what a perfect timing this is. (laughs) So I hope that this conversation really makes you and your spouse feel less alone in the struggles and the challenges and the unique joys that we experience as disability parents in our marriage. So let's dive in. Babe, thank you for joining me.
1: I'm so glad to be here.
0: But are you really? <laughs>
1: I, I am, but I'm here because you asked me to be here.
0: How are you feeling about this?
1: I, well, it's an interesting thing just because we've talked about this multiple times how we're not coming off as experts and we're not experts. <laughs> And I think some people might want us to be experts, but we're not. We're normal some, people. We're normal. But I like to be an expert. And so <laughs> this is true. And so it's hard for me to talk to people about this when I don't feel very expert wise.
0: Yeah, we were we were talking about beforehand that this isn't a five ways to improve your marriage episode or no. here's the three tips and tricks on making it work as disability parents and marriage like this is just really a genuine conversation absolutely and I don't know about you but for me and I know this caregiving community we have gone to different bible studies different church groups different facebook groups like we've emerged into these different areas of parenting and marriage and we leave not feeling encouraged but discouraged and more alone because yeah maybe on like the top layer there's some things we can relate with with those people but as you start getting into the weeds of things you begin to see how different our journey is parenting a child or children with disabilities Versus a family with just typical children. And so my biggest hope today is that everyone that listens into this conversation of (laughs) (laughs) non-experts will at least feel less alone in their challenges and less alone in like the unique joys that this journey can really bring. Absolutely. So, okay. I asked our friends (laughs) on social media... Okay, so what do you want us to talk about? I'm going to have a conversation with my husband about marriage and special needs parenting. Do you have questions, topics, etc.? And my phone blew up. So I've kind of... Put into categories all of these different questions and the feedback that I got. So, today, friends, we're going to kind of go through like the top three categories of questions and feedback that I got from you guys and just have a conversation about it. So, one of honestly the biggest questions that I got was, and we're just going to start with this because it's probably Mm -hmm. the most, (laughs) it could be the most awkward um, or most vulnerable, but the Main questions that I got were surrounding intimacy and in marriage, and I mean, I even got questions that were just so straightforward, like, How do you actually have sex with all the caregiving that has to happen? Which, man, that's a really personal question yeah. now that I say it out loud. <laughs> so, I thought we could just talk about this because it doesn't need to be an elephant in a room, like. Where every all the people who are listening, or most of the people who are listening are married. And so sex is a big part of that. So I just kind of want to talk about what that looks like, intimacy and sex within you know marriage, but especially with this caregiving journey that we steward. Yeah.
1: Well, I can't keep your hands off. You can't keep your hands off of me. Okay, so. yeah. that's We don't really have a, that much of a problem. So. Oh, my
0: gosh. <laughs> I hope y'all can sense the sarcasm all the way from Texas here.
1: <laughs> no. I. Well, I think for us, what we've just had to learn is that um, it's not going to look like it used to before children and before special needs and just kind of taking off the expectations and the pressures of it has to be like the movies or, or this super romantic, intimate moment. Like, you just, for us, I mean, not to get too detailed, but... Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, you've got to just kind of go when it's, when it's ready. I mean, when you have that window, I mean, we should be doing it right now, but we're recording a oh podcast. Oh my
0: word! <laughs> yeah, I guess all the children are at school at and school. therapy. Yeah. yeah, that's so true in the sense of not that you have to get rid of all of your expectations, but I think you need to reevaluate them. Yeah, and even just parenting in general, as I've noticed, like as the children get older, they're awake longer. They're more around for some reason yeah. versus when they're babies and toddlers. And so I I do think where you're leading is you have to take the opportunities that you do get and not yes. go, no, this isn't perfect. Or this isn't exactly what I would want, to, like when I would want to do it or etc. But like, just say, okay, this is a new season. We're going to have to readjust our expectations, not get rid of them, but say, okay, let, and honestly, maybe turn that into like a, make it fun that way. Like we're gonna have to figure this out. So like, let's, let's do it. Because if you don't, and if you're like, I have, we have to keep, um, keep it in the same way as the past. Like we have a cookie cutter way that we do this. It's not working. So I guess we just give up on it. I think you're going to miss out on a greater level of intimacy that comes with Reevaluating and rerouting and reworking at something. I think you can actually find that you um, are more like enjoying that in that season of your life versus just trying to compare it to a pr- past season. Does that make sense? Like there's something to be discovered in every season of marriage. And we have to kind of, like, let go of the newlywed thoughts and things like that. Like, that's that was fun, and that was a long time ago. We, You know, we should have said at the beginning, we've been married 16 years almost. Yeah. We're about to celebrate our 16th wedding anniversary. And so also something we should have said is we have three children. 10, 9, and almost 5. I just want to say that we've been in it only 16 years, but obviously we've gone through the newlywed season. We've gone through having babies and toddlers. And I would honestly say as the kids get older, and Barrett's caregiving just continues to be something that we have to do, like he's not getting as independent as we want him to yet, that it's probably more challenging in this season now than it's ever been to find time.
1: Absolutely. When it comes to intimacy, sometimes you've got to kind of forget that you have a special needs kid, in a way. What do you mean? Well, you can't have your kid on your mind that entire time of, are they going to be okay? Are mm-hmm. they are they, they fine? Like, you know, sometimes you're just going to have to kind of get your, your kid out of, your mindset Mm -hmm. and think about one another. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, we've had moments where, you know, Barrett made a mess in the kitchen while we were forgetting about his special needs. (laughs) And so, and, you know, was it fun cleaning up that mess? No. But the intimacy that was created then was worth it. And so, You can't think everything has to be perfect for this thing to mm-hmm. happen or nothing. Maybe will just ever make
0: happen. sure all the doors are locked for yes. safety reasons <laughs> so they can't escape the house. Yeah.
1: But also, too, I mean, we know intimacy is not sex only. Correct. Like, for us, where we've connected a lot is after bedtime. We put all of our kids to bed by eight o'clock and we're sitting on the couch with one another. And so. Mm-hmm. Um, just finding those moments of just being present with one another Mm -hmm. um, is important.
0: Okay, so another big category that I saw a lot of our friends asking about was grieving. Grieving differently, grieving at different times, and how to just not wander away from each other in our grief. But to be able to learn how to support one another in it. And I would say like for us, we have had like multiple layers of grief at the same time. So it's kind of an interesting question because although we've grieved and are grieving um, things with our son Barrett, who is on the autism spectrum and also has an intellectual disability, um, at the same time, we had both just lost a parent in life right before Barrett began to get diagnosed. So it was a very complex season at the very beginning of the of his diagnosis.
1: I mean, it, it appeared to me at the time that you were dealing with grief much better than I was because you're more aware of your feelings than I am. I repressed my grief for a while, for a long time.
0: It was really hard. When you, for me, when you were repressing it, because I misinterpreted that as you don't care about what's going on. Like you're disconnected. Like I didn't realize that was kind of like your first stage of grieving was kind of repressing those feelings. And so I think that happens a lot with marriages is we misunderstand one another's grieving process. Yeah. And that can divide.
1: Yeah. Well yeah I mean with you know the loss of your dad at first I had the mentality of you know we're gonna get through this had a lot of confidence that things were gonna get better um, and then well then I lost my mom and that confidence wavered um, and then when we got the diagnosis, Barrett, I, it was like the nail in the coffin, it was just like, I have zero confidence in this, and, um, and I've always been kind of the, let's just figure it out, mm-hmm. we're going to get through this, we'll do whatever it takes, you know, we're not giving up, and, um, with the diagnosis of Barrett, it was so different, because I just didn't have any, just, categories for it and what to do with it and so and you're um, a
0: fixer and you yeah. can't figure out how to fix it
1: no and so and it, you know when we first got the diagnosis he was only nine, was it three and so three you're still thinking okay well he's delayed but maybe you know at age five or six things are going to just start clicking a lot better and
0: that's actually when it got the hardest
1: yeah and so anyways just kind of walking through that process and realizing this is gonna be for the rest of our life and the rest of his life and not to be a Debbie Downer and, and to say that you know things haven't gotten better or they won't get better they will but you it's not in the way that you imagined your life to be when you planned we're going to have kids. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think for, for men, especially, um, life with your children doesn't seem, the, the imagination of your children mainly starts when they're older. Like men don't imagine about holding a baby and rocking a baby and all those things. They, they imagine teaching their son how to throw a ball and, and, you know, and how to drive, and all these things that you've imagined beforehand having a boy, and then when you have a son diagnosed with autism, all those imaginations and dreams kind of go out the window, Mm -hmm. and now you've got to recalibrate and figure out what is my role in this, my son's life, and Mm. how do I help them, and and i think your your grief comes from not knowing you, you you've never seen a dad do it before mm, that's you know true. Yeah. your dad didn't raise you as a special needs child and so you you have no categories for how to do it and so um, i think just grieving that process and that's where our faith comes in is really leaning on the lord and sensing what he wants us to do and and kind of taking it day by day of how to help our son.
0: So I would say in the, let's go to like the beginning phases of grief for us. How could I have supported you better during the beginning stages?
1: Well, I mean, you did an amazing job. You're constantly praying for me because you knew it was a very sensitive subject. And I was... I was angry. Mm-hmm. I was mean, very angry uh, about it. I was angry at God, um, just because it was the build-up from the loss of your dad, and the loss of um, my mom, and career-wise, mm-hmm. life wasn't going the way I was wanting it to go. And so, just really angry, and just had a hard time even. Uh, verbalizing or even understanding what was going on and why it was going on And, um, and so I think you did an amazing job of kind of you backed off and that's what I needed at the time and you prayed for me a lot and so it just it really took me a long time to start seeing again and seeing what is possible with mm-hmm. a son with special needs?
0: I'll say that during that time, I was also in a lot of grief, and because of the what, what you were going through, there was this like um, no emotional support. Like I felt like I was in it, you know, alone. And a lot of my my friends that are listening, they probably can attest to feeling this way too at times, where you feel like you're the one doing all the research and all the meetings and taking them to all the evals and doing all these things. So you're just like being faced with the grief, the reality of it and the grief of it constantly because you're the primary, you know, caregiver. And so during that time, I just want to encourage anyone listening that's going through something similar that um, I cried out to the Lord constantly for his help because I had never done this before either. And I didn't really know to the extent or really what was going on with you. But I just knew that like you, you've used the analogy of an onion before, like there's just so many layers to a person's soul and heart and things like that. I just knew like I was staring at a full onion that hadn't even been unwrapped that first layer. Like it's like, that's all I could kind of like tell with you is like, okay, like it's if I add any more pressure to him, To figure this out or to help me or to blah, 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 then this could be really bad. This could be devastating because he, he doesn't need that. He needs grace and mercy from me. And the only reason I had that response was the grace and mercy of Jesus, because at that time, Jesus was unraveling my heart and I was more alone in that season than what I can really describe just because of different relational things that were going on in my life. And so I, my only option was Jesus during that initial stage of grief. And I, looking back, I'm so glad that it was. But it was one of the hardest things I've ever gone through. I would be up all night grieving just me and the Lord. And we can laugh about it now. But during that time, I found, or I guess I rediscovered my love for baking. And I would call it baking and praying. And it literally got me through those first couple years of just working through all of that with you, you not being able to like really work through it. And I feel like I'm alone and Jesus is unraveling both of our hearts. And we're trying to figure out what we're going to do with all of this. I would just bake when I got upset. So a lot of times I'd be baking late at night and we laugh about it now because I would make different things because like different pies or different cookies or whatever. And I can remember why I was upset with you (laughs) whenever I made those cookies and I'm praying for your heart. So when you say you just prayed and prayed and prayed for me, I just want friends to know like it wasn't because I wasn't upset or I wasn't hurting or you didn't make me mad. It was because I, I was praying out of desperation for the Lord to continue to help us in our marriage, that we'd be able to get through this kind of grief together, and I had never done it before. And so if that's, you know, you today, friend, or you're, you know, you're going, yeah, this is really hard. Me and my husband are on two different pages. I don't, we don't know how to support one another, et cetera. God knows how to support your spouse. God knows what your spouse needs, and he's willing to share that wisdom with you. And so it's like that scripture that says, if anyone needs wisdom, ask God, he'll give it to you. It's basically what the scripture says. And so that initial stage of grief for both of us, I would say that it was literally by the mercy and grace of Jesus that we made it through that in our marriage because it was that turbulent. Now, I think when it comes to grief, I have accepted, I'm at the acceptance part that I'm accepting Barrett and the disabilities that he has and holding our future loosely as we continue to steward him and see what independence looks like for him when he's of that age. And at the same time, I'm still experiencing waves of grief. That is super normal, and I don't think that'll ever stop. But those first three years of grief were a lot different. It was like I was drowning, and now it's like I know – where to go, and what to do when I begin to feel that wave of grief. Where are you at, do you think, in the grieving journey?
1: I think I'm, I've accepted it as well. Uh, it does come in phases. Like,
0: um,
1: I think when our family had the Halloween get-together, and we, you took the other two kids to the party, and I took Barrett. And, and that was hard for me because it was like, it, you just realize at that moment of we can't do normal family things
0: like mm-hmm.
1: this. It would not be fair to our other kids, mm-hmm. and it's not even fair to Barrett because he would be in a sensory overloaded environment with tons of foods that he can't eat. Mm-hmm. And so I think though it it comes in waves for me, mm-hmm. but I would also say that I when it all came, the diagnosis came. It was so overwhelming for me as well, and I I think also I looked at it as oh our future's over, like mm-hmm. you know nothing. We're never going to be able to do things and. And just got real negative about it. Mm -hmm. And I think the other side of it is we've been surprised by things that Barrett can do as well. Mm -hmm. Like when we went on vacation last year. The first vacation we've ever taken. (laughs) Yeah, the first family vacation. Which I was was so anxious. You
0: were very nervous (laughs) and tense (laughs) on the
1: drive. So, (laughs) So, so anxious. Because I just was like how's this going to go? We've never really done anything like this with Barrett is, is he going to, you know, be upset this whole time. Is he going to have a good time or. Is he not going to sleep? Yeah. Is he not (laughs) going to sleep? Is he going to escape the hotel? Like what, what's going to happen? And we were so pleasantly surprised at how well it went. And so I think for me, I'm having to manage my expectations with autism and that helps my grief
0: and um... yeah I have noticed that you're either like super optimistic yeah. typically super optimistic or super like pessimistic like there's no like in between no with brock crow it's like (laughs) one one extreme
1: to the other
0: and that's hard for me because i'm actually more of a realistic person i'm not optimistic and i'm not like pessimistic i would lean more towards being skeptical and when i'm healthy i'm realistic and so whenever you pick an extreme i feel like i'm like hold (laughs) on let's let's come back together and let's like what's most realistic here like we could manage those expectations
1: (laughs) on that note of planning other things for our other kids just give a little history my mom had multiple sclerosis and Lauren's brother had spinal bifida so we had we both grew up with somebody in a wheelchair and we both experienced growing up as kids desiring to do certain things, and the excuses were, We can't do that because your brother, or we can't do that because your mom. And so, Lauren and I have kind of decided now for our kids, we don't want to to build resentment Mm -hmm. in our kids, our other two kids hearts towards Barrett of saying, we can't ever do anything because Barrett. Mm -hmm. And so, although it's really hard and you desire for the whole family unit to experience everything together, you're also, I think we're also needing to just realize that there's other people in this family that deserve to experience certain things and we just need to let them do it uh with another parent
0: and it reminds me of you know in matthew where jesus is saying seek first the kingdom of god and then everything will be added unto you i think we've gone through seasons where we've sought first Barrett's healing, Mm -hmm. or we've sought first pleasing Barrett, because we thought if we can please Barrett, then everything else will uh, go better, you know, with whatever we're doing. And I think what we've been learning and reflecting right now is that when we put the kingdom of God first, Mm -hmm. then the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom and discernment on the decisions and the planning and just like how we operate as a family but when we put Barrett as the center and we center our lives around him or around a diagnosis that's when things start to fall off the wheels around here and typically it looks like me getting in a lot of fear mm-hmm. and you probably getting anxious well, yeah as I say, you speak for yourself <laughs> and so I think that's a really good good thing to be aware of is like what have we put in the center of what we're seeking versus our family because our other two kids feel it when it's off balance um and one of the last things that I wanted to talk about is just how exhausted and stressed you can feel perpetually in this journey and I know our community here the abiding caregiver group there's That's just like a normal thing we talk about a lot because both parents are stressed, both parents are tired, but Barrett still has to have his pull-up changed and his food cut up and help getting dressed and his medicines. And, you know, like this morning he had thrown up everywhere. And so, you know, he's got to have a shower at 430 in the morning. And um, anyways, just like all those things. And so how do we... Because we don't do it perfectly at all. But, like, how do we support each other through when we're both exhausted and tired? Like, how do we get through those really tough patches?
1: Well, sometimes we don't <laughs> do it so well. We're either in a bad mood, or um, I think of recent, we're getting better at it of kind of telling one another, I need a break. Mm-hmm. And we, and, and it's not that the other one that's going to allow the break has so much energy and is like, Oh, absolutely. I, I slept great last night. Let me help you.
0: Mm-mm.
1: No, I think just realizing that we're both in the same situation, we're both tired, but we, we need to allow each other to have a break and, um, To at least try to be the best version of ourselves for our Mm -hmm. family and for one another. And so.
0: And also, I think we've kind of learned, I don't know, another thing, another way to call this, but like simplify mode, where when both you and I begin to get really tired mm -hmm. and stressed, we go into simplify everything we can mode. Like the practical part of it, I would say, is like. We pick up dinner or we're eating sandwiches that night. Like last, yesterday, I had a really long meeting about Barrett. I was absolutely exhausted. I was supposed to cook dinner <laughs> and you went and picked up dinner. Like, so, like, we just, I used to feel so guilty about having to shift plans. Yeah. Like, wait, I plan that I'm making salmon tonight. Like, that's what's in the budget. Like, and I was allowing the budget and the finances to dictate all the decisions when in fact there are times where you just have to pick up dinner and not be guilty about it and go you know what my soul not going to a really dark place because I had to pick up myself and cook something and get even more tired is more important I value that more <laughs> yeah. than I do sticking to the budget but I do think we go into simplify mode another thing in simplify mode I I think is more um, TV time for the kids like honestly Barrett's iPad him being on the iPad is like the only thing that gives us respite so mm-hmm. it, like for me the simplified mode is we're not cooking the kids have more like screen time and during those times we actually rest like we don't waste that that moment we try and recalibrate during those times and not feel guilty that we're letting our kids watch a third movie on Saturday <laughs> you know like we just do what we need to do but I will say my best my unhealthy tendencies is to completely pull away and to go hide under my weighted blanket (laughs) in our bedroom and lock the door and let you deal with the wild children (laughs) when I'm exhausted. And so I have to really work hard at not pulling away because I'm introverted and I get my energy from being alone. And with caregiving, you're never alone and there's no personal space. It's just it can be a lot. And so I have to really be cognizant of not allowing myself to slip into my room or whatever it looks like and just be by myself when I know you need support too.
1: What we have to realize is special needs parents too, like rest isn't going to look like the rest of like what our other friends might get. Like my friends might be able to go golfing on a Saturday. We don't do that. Like we don't have the luxury of that, and that's okay. Um, but the rest that you and I might give one another is: Do you want to do the grocery run? You know, yes, and true. and get out of the house. And so, um, I wouldn't. If you're out there and you're wanting more respite than what you're getting. I don't, I don't know what the answer is, mm-hmm. but you might be able to find little pockets here and there mm-hmm. where each of you can give it. So I wouldn't want to, I don't think you need to shame your spouse because you're not, you know, able to go away for four hours at the spa, mm-hmm. you know, cause we're not doing that. And I would love for that to happen, but that's not where we're at right now. And so, um, So I think we just need to redefine what we expect.
0: And not keep score. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. It's like not keeping score of well. I've changed this many pull-ups, or I washed the sheets this many times. I'm looking at you because you're the one that's (laughs) been doing a lot of that in the current season. And so, like, not keeping score on what we've done, but realizing this is a long journey. Absolutely, we have more ahead of us than what we have behind us. And so, if we're gonna keep score, this is not gonna go well. We've got to be able to say, okay, this is not a short distance sprint where we're running full blast. We need to learn what's sustainable in this journey.
1: Well, I think that's where it comes into the biblical view of marriage is that you're one. Yeah. And so where you're not looking at it as, well, I am this person and I have done this and you're that person. No, you're going to look at it as we're one. So if she's burnout, then it's going to lead to burnout on my end as well. Mm -hmm. And so I think just seeing yourself as one unit and saying that we both have to endure through this and so whatever i need to do to provide rest for you and to help you and serve you and then whatever i'm doing and whatever you're helping and serving we're doing it for the betterment of each other it's not for the betterment of just individually but it's for us as a as a whole
0: that's so good i think that's a really great way to end the podcast and also you know the last episode I recorded solo I shared my experience with caregiver burnout and it was a really vulnerable episode and what I didn't get to share in that in order to keep it not from being so long was that the only reason the main primary reason that I was even able to recover is because that biblical um thought process you just shared is you really stepped up and was like I'm gonna take on the weight and I'm gonna let you recover and I just want to thank you so much babe from the bottom of my heart for allowing me (laughs) he's being so funny for allowing me to have that rest because for two months I was in bed and you were doing everything. You even potty trained our youngest child. Like I didn't even potty train her. You did. And I. you just had a, a small medical procedure done and you were down for a couple days and I was like, I'm done. I'm over this. You need to get back up. You'll be fine. I've had worse things happen to me. <laughs> and so just the grace that you extended me during that... You know, that time last year, um, it's those moments that friends, where like that's the intimacy right there. Like where you're serving one another like that when we don't deserve it. That right there makes your sex life better than ever. You know what I'm saying? It's all yeah. connected. And so, babe, yeah. thank you so much for loving me. You're our welcome. marriage isn't perfect, our relationship no. isn't perfect, but Jesus is perfect. It
1: is very true.
0: And so keep your eyes on Jesus, friends, and he'll see you through. Thanks for joining me today, babe. You're welcome. Well, friends, as we end today, let's just pray and invite God to help us see our spouse through his eyes and to give us strength and grace to continue in this journey together, growing in intimacy together and not growing apart. Father, I just thank you for our friends that are listening today, God. Lord, I just ask that any area in their relationship, Father, that feels like it's a challenge or they're struggling in, God, that you would give them your perspective. God, that you would be a perspective shifter today, God, for them. Lord, where we need to extend grace, Father, may we have the strength to do it where we need to extend mercy, may we have the strength to do it, God. Lord, I just ask that you show up in the weak areas of our life with your power and do what only you can. Father, I ask that you strengthen um, all of these marriages that are represented, Father, that you would bind their hearts even closer together and that they would experience such a deeper intimacy with you and with one another because of this journey, Father, that this journey wouldn't separate or divide any relationships, Father, but that would actually bring them closer together, Father, and more connected, God. Lord, we just love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, thank you for joining us today. I really hope that this conversation blessed you. Also, next week, Sandra and I will be back together for another genuine conversation. And I hope that you will listen into that one too. In the meantime, make sure you're a part of our Abiding Caregiver Facebook group. The link to join is in the show notes because that is where we stay connected through the week. Well, have an awesome Thursday, friends. See you next week.